Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Your weekend is not complete without the First Lady of New York Radio. It's the Joan Hamburg Show. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Welcome to the Joan Hamburg Show. Yeah, it's a Sunday and it's 2 o'clock. When the clock hits that 2 o'clock button, you know it's time to join us. And we are here every Sunday and you're part of it. We love having you with us. And don't worry if you're late, if you're early, if you think you've missed something, this show is podcast. And we have another podcast too called Let Me Tell You. So I'd love you to join us for that. And we are on, I know, I went, they dragged me into 2021-22 with all this technology, but We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, you name it. We're everywhere, so you can hear us all the time. And we love hearing from you. We do a segment every week called Ask Joan, and we try to answer on the air as many of your questions as we can. But it was interesting. There's a columnist for the New York Times. Her name is Gretchen Reynolds. She's the phys ed columnist. And she does amazing stuff. She's really into health, mental health, physical health. And I was reading some of her back columns. And what do you think I love the most? Looking at my exercise bike, which is an additional closet hanger sitting in my bedroom, she has done and found all kinds of research that says if you exercise, it could be four seconds of intensity. Four minutes, one minute. If you do one minute a couple of times a day, run up a flight of stairs, Get on the bike and pedal really hard so that you feel your heart moving. Take your dog out. Anything. You are going to have the same benefit as if you did a half hour. Well, I loved that information. So, and she has more. Really more. Wait till you hear how easy it is. Because apparently your muscles remember when... (laughs) You exercise. It could have been three years ago. It doesn't matter. So I can't wait for you to hear what she has to say. And then, I'm sure a lot of you watch ABC News, Ginger Z, the chief meteorologist, she written a best-selling book. She's really an interesting woman. And she has another book out called A Little Closer to Home, how I found the calm after the storm. And this woman, a mother, a wife, has literally been through the mill. And she has the gift of being able to share all this stuff. And a lot of it is heavy duty, but it isn't depressing. It's like, look what happened to me and how I overcame it and how I really found serenity and peace and enormous success. She suffered from depression, anorexia. She tried suicide. I mean, this is serious. And a lot of it involved, which a lot of people go through, divorce in a family and how devastating it was. Take a look at it. Ginger Z, I think it's going to have a big impact a little closer to home. And then I'm going to give you, we do features every week, Joan Eats. I'm going to share with you a wonderful food product that I found that I truly loved. 
And I think you're going to love it, too. You may know about it. But anyway, that's going to be part of the show. We have so much stuff. I've got great things you can do with your kids if you're all going stir-crazy, things that are available in the city, not a lot of money and fun. So it's an invitation. It's the Joan Hamburg Show, Sunday at 2 o'clock. Enjoy. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The First Lady of New York Radio. This is Joan Eats. You know, I'm not a big salad eater, like a little too much green, a little too much this. But when I had dinner at my neighbor's house, my friend Joni Geismar, the archaeologist, she made, she always does good salad, but this salad was so delicious. And I said, what is it? It's something called salad topper, she said. And I investigated, I went to the markets, and a lot of them, like Gristidi's and D'Agostino and King Cullen, they have it. It's from Lily's Family Foods, and it's this mixture that's sold in a container of walnuts, almonds, slivered raw sunflower seeds, pepitas, and dried cranberries. It's just delicious. So I called the company and I spoke to family members, son Joe, his mama and papa, Rita and Paul, they're the founders. And they were telling me they started with a little chain of health food stores back in 1976 on Long Island. And they said people really wanted high quality snacks. So they began selling nuts and delicious dried fruit and trail mix. And they have a manufacturing facility out on the island in New York. And the whole family, practically, is part of this team. So I can't resist the salad toppers. But they have certified organic nuts and seeds, wonderful dried fruit, granola, chocolates, best-tasting chocolate almonds, trail mixes, all kinds of goodies at wonderful prices. And again... I found it in my local Gristidis in D'Agostino. Stop and Shop has it. King Cullen, ShopRite, IGA, Met Foods. And you can go online to buy, B-U-Y, thepound.com. And they offer one-pound packages of all these products. But I'm telling you, if you get this salad topper, you'll never say, oh, salad, I don't love it. It's so boring. It is delicious. And if you order about $55 worth, you get free shipping. The salad topper, I paid $6.99. The organic one, which I now learn they have, is $9.99. A walnut, $7.99 more for organic. Roasted pistachio, salted and unsalted. One of my favorites, $11.99. Those dark chocolate almonds I told you about organic granola. It's worth doing. It's a fabulous product and product line, irresistible. I'm now eating salads. B-U-Y, buythepound.com, a great family story, Lily's Family Foods, a great family business. We wish them continued success and I wish you a lot of pleasure from all these yummy goodies. I'm Joan Hamburg. First Lady of New York Radio, Joan Hamburg. Entertaining and informative. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Joan Hamburg Show. And I know that you know her, but Ginger Z wears a lot of hats. She's the chief meteorologist at ABC News. You see her on Good Morning America. She's on 
so many of their news broadcasts and their digital platforms. She's managing editor of the client unit at ABC News. She's a best-selling author, just out with her second book, A Little Closer to Home, How I Found the Calm After the Storm. She's a wife. She's a mom. She does a million things before most of us even open our eyes in the morning. So welcome to you, Ginger. Thank you, Joan. And you know, it's funny, as I finished your book, A Little Closer to Home, I kept thinking of, you know, that song, Reach Out and Touch Someone, because Mm -hmm. that's a gift that you have. And that's what you did, not only in the first book, but in the second book, by sharing your journey as a kid to where you are now in such a way that so many people can relate to it. You know, every teenage girl goes through all kinds of aggravations, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. you take everyone through this perfect child, this journey, a lot Mm -hmm. of successes, depression, healing, anguish, and the ability to step over it and come back and find yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, I thank you for saying that and for reading both the books, because I do think that I never intended to write books. I never thought I would be writing books, but the it is so powerful to share our stories. And that's what I've really learned about it is it doesn't matter if I read Jessica Simpson's book, or Will Smith's book, I find myself in their stories. And that's the beauty of this and, and why I was so encouraged to keep writing. Because when I talk about coming through some of the traumas of my life and some of the really deep and dark places, saying things out loud, being honest with myself, and then writing them down have been the most powerful therapy of all. And that's the thing that everybody has access to. But at the same time, I realized that I'm in this beautiful place where I've got the privilege of having financial ability and family support and really great therapy that I've been able to get to a place that others don't even dream that they deserve. And that's where I was. And I want to make sure that people get access to it. Right. And, And somewhere inside of you, you had a survivor instinct that even through the darkest times, and you're very open about Mm -hmm. this perfect kid who learned how to hide behind the facade of the perfect child. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and did all this stuff. And also, you know what I think was really an important message? The effect that divorce, even with, you know, sort of solid parents who you know cared about Mm -hmm. you, but Divorce is traumatic for kids, whether they're teens, little or older. And that was that could be a separate book in itself. The effect that that had on you, your brother, without anyone even realizing because, you know, parents thought they were doing the best they could do. And they were, you know, the 1980s, it was a lot different. If, if you can go around and ask anybody who had divorced parents in the 80s and say they did a good job, I'll be like, wow, I've not heard of that before. Because I feel like it was societally something that we just, it had just come out of, okay, you're allowed to kind of be divorced, right? So what do you do with that? How do you do it? There was no guidebook. There was nothing, you know, I've taken so much blame away from my parents by realizing how little help they had. And realizing now, thanks to the modeling of other people, how some of my friends were divorced, I look at their situation and I'm like, holy cow, that's called divorce? That's spectacular. (laughs) No, they make it. It's not not impactful because either way it's impactful, but it certainly can be done better. And I think the more we talk about it and the more we talk about the real implications for kids, that's when we're going to see a a shift of the needle in, in what it means to someone's life later on. Right. And in your life, your parents didn't talk to each other. So you kids were Mm -hmm. cast in the role of being the mediator and how Mm -hmm. to pretend everything was fine. It's daddy's time. It's your mother's time. Your dad brought home a girlfriend that whom you absolutely (laughs) loved, you know, Mm -hmm. and then you have to deal with the guilt of all of that. How do you tell your mother? I had a great time with dad's girlfriend. 
<laughs> yes, that's my that's one of my favorite chapters. Um, her name was Pam, and she became my stepmother. And I think now that I'm in this place where I've been married for almost a decade, and I've got two young children. I have such empathy for all sides, for all of them, because back then I could have never understood what it meant for me to run into my mother and say, dad's new girlfriend looks exactly like my Barbie. (laughs) That that does not sit well, especially with the man who you haven't spoken to and won't speak to because there's such anger and frustration. So I think looking at it from the kid's perspective and then seeing where it went from there and watching, you know, a step parent. It is. They are an alien in your life, and I look at. There are good, and there are bad, and there. But there are people who have just not been emotionally coached to be a step parent. Who has? Right. That should well, be a whole class before you start it. Exactly. It's not easy. And yeah. when both your parents, others, and they both had other relationships, when they mm-hmm. both each of them had a new baby. I oh. mean, this is you know you can cuckoo, but how awful for the child, the original um, child. Uh, you know, they, it was they, like we were right? left from both families. Yeah, we were, we were really separated from both families. And, and even though we were there, it was an obvious, both a lot of times physical, but definitely emotional separation. And it's, again, not to their, you know, now I understand they really were just doing the best. There are so many families like my family. I just don't think anybody talks about later in life that you kind of got to process it. You have to go through it. The responsibility of, of my parents saying, you know what? Now I see that that was hard on you. Do you know how light that can make somebody feel (laughs) after holding it for 20 years or so? Uh, It's hard for them too. It's hard for them because they feel like they failed. And that's what, that's the beauty of the book is I'm going into this parenting thing, like knowing I'm going to fail. And then knowing I'm going to succeed in some places, and it has, I hope, will help other people kind of set themselves up for the journey, and that's what it really is about. It's about the ridges and the troughs, and you cannot, you can't make a storm without sun, and you can't keep a storm. It, it always passes, and that's how I think every single day, every moment that I get trapped in or think I'm trapped in, I'm like, wait a minute, this is passing. It's actually already passed, right? That, <laughs> and right, so and yeah, go ahead, Ginger, and you took such such chances in so many ways as the perfect little girl you courted danger in ways and you chose you know a very unusual profession for the best cheerleader and everything else (laughs) how did that all come about most young girls the cheerleader Mm -hmm. girls look at the football hero and don't Mm -hmm. say oh you know i'm gonna be a weather chaser or i'm gonna fly with falcons Mm -hmm glide above the world somewhere. How did that even enter your fertile brain coming of age? I think that I've learned that people are stimulated by one of two things. They're either stimulated by outside forces like nature and um, non-human, basically. And then the others are stimulated by humans. A lot of times we are fit into these two categories of introvert or extrovert, which I I don't think that there are just the two. I think that many of us have many parts of both. But when you're talking about what stimulates a person and what gets them knowing that they will have value, I really found value in the stimulation of the atmosphere. I loved watching it. I loved that it was a puzzle that I could figure out and that I could put together and actually get right, right, the verification of a forecast. So that really did draw me to storm chasing and that's where it really started and when i saw the movie twister you were you were hooked i I was hooked i thought if helen hunt's character is doing that which thankfully hollywood you know embellishes because none of the science in that movie is right at all uh but the and and there were not women leading tornado chasing at that time but it gave me just like they talk about representation matters it mattered there that showed me this is a job you could do and so i went to a college where you were able to chase tornadoes and get college credit for it and that excitement and that kind of the verification of a tornado that gave me value and that it's a little sick you know thinking about it because i was missing it from people around me i was i was definitely thin in the the family department because they were really focused on their new families and a lot of times the other thing that people will do in that situation is grab a microphone both my brother and i did that 
because we were like, please, somebody listen to us. Please, somebody come watch what we do because we've got to do something so amazing, so big. And that's where I think the other part of the drive was. So I think part of it was the actual stimulation. Like, I really enjoy that. Now, at the same time, my husband, for a living, he goes on Fifth Avenue and makes people dance. That's my nightmare. You know, like the, <laughs> the, the stimulation of, of taking a stranger and making them do yeah, something they don't yeah. want to do. No, thank well, you. Because, uh, uh, Ginger, <laughs> you were the little girl that had a please to feel accepted and feel right. whole. So, you know, that would be a nightmare for you. That's right. <laughs> and, and whereas I could go to a hurricane and I know about it. And it is going to treat me as I know it has in time and time again. And the science part of it um, really attracts me. And so I think that and then the adrenaline comes along with it. And I think the adventure part of it, too, I think is just about I, I needed to feel. And a lot of times and I think a lot about this first skydive I did live on TV. I'd done a couple of them before. But I think a lot about what I was sitting on the side of this airplane. And all I could think was I'm hungry. That is so odd. That is not how a normal yeah. person <laughs> thinks. Not at all. 12,000 feet up, about to do this jump live on TV. And I'm like, man, what did I not eat enough? And I'm hearing them count in my ear like it's going to be back to the back from the break in three, two, one. And I'm like, oh, hi. Okay, yeah, let's jump out of an airplane. I got to eat. <laughs> right. so and then I let's need, do I it again. I process <laughs> feeling. Yes, I needed to process feeling, and I think I've gotten there because now I'm developing these really healthy connections with people that I love, and, and I'm able to do that because I've been able to fuse my identity, and this is something that I talk a lot of, about in the book, but even since writing it, I've got an analogy that's working so well, and it feels like I'm a fuse box where a lot of my fuses were, were burnt out and needed to be flipped, and now they've been flipped, and I'm ready to light. I am lit up, and, and I'm feeling like I know where to turn one off when I need to if that makes sense. Of course. I'm talking to Ginger Z, who's the chief meteorologist at ABC News. Her second book, A Little Closer to Home, and it's her finding calm after the storm. And the storm mm. was a lot in the life of a youngster, a teenager, and a young adult. She went mm. through depression. She went through hospitalization, through abortion through more things than you can imagine and came out on the other side and chose a profession that isn't like an executive assistant or some starting job. It was a really tough and a tough get. And then to that, you went to this special college. Did they yeah. talk about television and weather? Oh, is is no. that where you did that? <laughs> No, I, you know, my college actually, I would, I would even say they discouraged it at the time that I went. They thought broadcasting was kind of a waste and most of the meteorologists event, eventually would go work either for the National Weather Service or they would work for private companies or even, um, you know, do kind of NASA or space interaction. So it was not, I was the only one in my class that went into television. So I did that because I did an internship after I had seen Twister and gotten into the storm chasing. I saw, I did this internship because my professor said, you know, when you stand up in front of the class and you're discussing the weather, you know, of the day, you're really good at it. I think you should check out broadcasting. And I was like, no, I was so shy, painfully shy. And he said, do me a favor and just apply for some internships. And I did, and I got this internship that was so fortuitous because it is with a weather king in our industry named James Spann. Mm. And I saw how this guy communicated the science I loved so much, and I thought, wait a minute, that that's pretty sweet. And so then I kind of put this hybrid of I'd love to be what Helen Hunt was plus James Spann, and that's what I became. And that, you know, it feels really surreal to have imagined that and then have it be happening. I'm talking to Ginger Z. So what do you think after the second book and after really reliving it again from the anorexia to the family issues, what do you think enabled you to get through serious depressions, suicide attempts, and like talking to yourself along the way, you know, which Ginger were you? What gave you the ability you described when you came out of a hospital and you were whole and a mm. woman you met's husband didn't come out and you had something in you 
that allowed you to go through the worst stuff. I, I do think that a big part of it is is being a dreamer, I, if that makes sense. Dreaming and 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 the want or need for success, I do think at the beginning was part of why I kept finding even a sliver of hope. Uh, when mm-hmm. I think about when I came out, when I, why I went to the hospital finally, because I had needed inpatient therapy for a very long time, probably a decade before I finally went and said, okay, I'm ready. When I did that, it was me saying, I'm ready to attack this. But a big reason I went was because I was between jobs and I was about to start at ABC News. I was going to work with Diane Sawyer. And here I was in a cop car trying to get away from my abusive uh, ex-boyfriend. Boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I kept thinking, wait a minute. This is not a, the picture of a woman that Diane Sawyer wants on her program. And so in an odd way, I do think that the you know, the, the goals or the career part of what kept going up and up and up, thankfully and fortunately, that is what somewhat drove me at the very beginning. Beginning, That was the glimmer of hope that I said, I've got to get myself straight. I have to get out of this. And, and, that's, and then it got much broader from there, and I built a core of someone who I'm very proud of now, but it took me a decade to do that. Yeah, but you did it. And, and part of the early ginger who had to have control, and that's a story common to a lot of people who suffer from eating disorders, mm-hmm. that ginger, a part of that ginger, enabled you to become a whole person. But once you married, had these two boys, were you scared that you were going to duplicate the same thing? Or did you say, never, this is going to be, it's going to work? That's the difference is I, if you would have asked me prior to getting the, the really, the, the correct type of therapy, which, which was because I finally got the right diagnosis, if you would have asked me in any of my therapies prior, uh, I would have said, no way. I, I'm so worried about repeating the past. I'm so worried about that. I'm the opposite now. I'm so excited to see what I can do differently. I am so excited to see where I can recognize in my children where they might need support. I'm excited to see who I can help well beyond my family. I'd like to find this platform and this uh, success with books about mental health and actually build a place where the privilege I've had is accessible to other people. Because if you look around, even if you have a lot of money, if you need real help, it's hard to get somewhere for more than five, six Mm -hmm. days. It is extremely difficult. How can that be? How can the number one issue in our country be the thing that nobody has a place to go to get help. That, that, that is so wrong and backwards. So can I become more than just a mental health advocate for awareness and actually take action? And that's the exciting part of it, I think, about this next no, it journey is. or and, my why. And you know, Ginger, after this pandemic, if we're hoping but afraid to say anything, if it ever slows down yeah. or comes to a place, I think we're going to have a real national issue dealing with all of this mental health. People have been isolated. They're depressed. Children are Mm -hmm. depressed. You know, I told the story of my grandkid, nine, and she said to me, I hope, she said, before the end of what's left of my childhood, this is a little kid, before what's left of the end of my childhood, I don't have to deal with COVID every day, morning, noon, and night. And I think if this kid is saying that, imagine kids all over who have to deal with homeschooling, with not seeing friends, with isolation. It's issues. The anxiety that's provoked from something that is terrifying that you can't, you can only do so much to protect yourself. I think, you know, you think about in war times, and I'm sure hiding under desks and having bomb shelters. And then even I I relate it to natural disaster because I grew up in a place where we had every Friday tornado uh, drills. Mm -hmm. You know, that type of that type of event that you have no control over, this is their tornado drill, but they do it every day. And you can't imagine, at least with these other things, we've learned how, and with the war, right, it ends, and, and that, that anxiety releases. And you say, okay, now we're not going to be bombed. Um, I think about both me and comes about the bad guy drill they do. So they do a school shooter drill. 
and they have the coat, they have masks on the whole time. And I'm thinking, what a wild way to grow up. Can you imagine? I can't. They don't know a life. My two little boys don't know a life without masks. Right. I think That's about that all the time. Every little mm-hmm. kid having to deal with it. Well, you did a great job. Congratulations. <laughs> And you can see Ginger all the time because she's all over ABC. And you can watch her with the weather and everything else. A little closer to home, book number two. I look forward to talking to you again. Thank you, Joan. Thanks for the thoughtful interview. I'm Joan Hamburg, and you're listening to your favorite station, radio station, WABC. More ahead. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. The First Lady of New York Radio, Joan Hamburg. Entertaining and informative. Talk Radio 77 WABC. All right, everyone. I I have to tell you, when the other day, yet another friend, acquaintance, said, I'm so depressed. I, I can't take more of this. I feel isolated. My kids are miserable with everything. I said, oh my gosh, I'm calling poor Gretchen Reynolds, whom we probably all bother with all these things. Gretchen is the phys ed columnist for the New York Times, and she covers everything from exercise, feeling good. In fact, beside depression, I heard something today which naturally appealed to me, who's not an exercise lover, that you can get all the benefits from like five, 10 minute workouts, if you do it more than once a day, you know, then the usual, all right, I've got to ride my bike for at least 30 minutes. Is that true? In fact, you can probably get the benefits from doing it for about four seconds. Oh my gosh, I love that. (laughs) What can I do? There's actually very good science that you can get benefits from really short amounts of exercise that that there's a a whole new that there's a whole body of evidence looking at what are called exercise snacks which is something (laughs) i happen to love which basically means a really short amount of exercise throughout the day and the the exercise that they've looked at in most of these studies is something like climbing the stairs it doesn't have to be you know running around your office they they've looked at things like going up and down the stairs for perhaps a minute and in one study they looked at riding a a specialized type of exercise bike for four Mm. seconds and if they did that throughout the day it, it had a pretty impressive effect on people's fitness and their blood sugar control and all sorts of things. You're kidding, but wait. So uh, this absolutely will lift anyone's depression. I'm talking to Gretchen (laughs) Reynolds, who who covers uh, all this stuff for the New York Times, the phys ed columnist. So I have an exercise bike. I have two. Sometimes they're hangers, you know, where I throw my clothes. (laughs) Yes, yes, mine do. Right? But now I'll take this stuff off it. And what can I, can I do it on a regular? It's an apartment-sized exercise bike. How fast do you have to go for those? In the the studies that I wrote about, that these were bikes that have a really heavy, what they call flywheel. And so what that means is you have to put in a whole lot of work to get it started. And so in that case, four seconds was enough for people to, in effect, reach their maximum heart rate. And if you do that then if you can stop what what they did with, and this was with people who were in their 50s and out of shape. This was not, you know, um, NCAA athletes. Um, But the key is you do have to do it 
hard enough that your heart rate really does rise quite a bit. And on a regular exercise bike, like a Peloton or one that, you know, that mine that isn't even like that. sitting around exactly for years, it's probably going to be closer to about a minute for you to really but get your minute. heart going. But that's but that, nothing. You, yes. And you can do it in a couple of different ways. You can either go for one minute and then just sort of stop and then do another minute and stop, or you can do it throughout the day. And it doesn't seem to matter. You could get on your bike and do it, you know, fairly hard for a minute. You don't have to make yourself want to throw up. You just need to do it hard enough that your heart rate really is rising. So do that for a minute. Go back to work. Do something else. Next time you need a break, do it for another minute. It really does. The science is very clear that the benefits accumulate. And you will feel better both physically and mentally. (laughs) I feel better just hearing you say it. I think that may be enough. My heart is pounding. Let let me ask you, what about weights? I'm looking at them as I'm talking to you. (laughs) Well, they're saying maybe you can. Right. But again, with weights, that there's also is. Thank you, exercise scientists who seem to also have busy lives and getting older. Keep doing studies that are looking at how little we can get away with. And (laughs) with both aerobic exercise and weight training, it does look like just a little bit done with some regularity will really help you retain muscle mass, which is really important as we age, and get stronger. So pick up your weights and, you know, do three biceps curls or uh, do something that feels, you know, easy, comfortable. Do a few squats. Do do, lean against the wall and squat down a few times. That's really good for your leg muscles, your lower back. Mm. Do a a couple of jumping jacks and then you're done. You put in your exercise snack time. I cannot believe it. (laughs) I I really literally cannot believe this. So do you feel or... Is science really saying that exercise, if you're anxious, which so many people are, and we're all, not I wouldn't say all of us, but people like me, when I looked up, it's like I went out of the city for a weekend, right? And next time I looked, I was gone a year and a half. Like, what what happened here? But I didn't do a lot except cook, bake, eat. That was my exercise, opening my mouth and the refrigerator, exhausting. That's what I did. Can you get it back? I noticed a new neck grew, wrinkles I never had or everywhere, including my arms. That can go away or no? A lot of it can. (laughs) Another really... Um, encouraging finding from from exercise science. Again, this is not just anecdotal. Um, I I wrote about a recent study that came out that looked at what is called muscle memory. And, And this muscle memory does exist, and it exists in your muscles, not just in your brain. You don't just remember how to ride a bike. It actually looks like if you have done exercise before, weight training, aerobic exercise, it changes how some of the genes inside your muscles work. And those changes appear to last probably for years. The the study I wrote about was looking at mice, but the the changes lasted in the mice for months, which would be the equivalent of years for us. And when the mice started exercising again, they gained strength and muscle mass much faster than mice who had not done training before because they're, in effect, their muscles remembered how to get fit. And that's probably true for almost all the cells that are related it's, to fitness. So oh my it, gosh. even if you have more wrinkles, uh, that there certainly is some evidence that exercise will, in fact, Get rid of them? Help tighten that? Yes. I, it may not get rid of them, um, but it, <laughs> there, there is really good evidence that 
even if you've taken the last two years off, and a lot of people have. It's been without really realizing, hard. right? We don't even yes, know two years. Yes, it's hard to believe it's been two years, and it has been hard to fit exercise in. So now might be the time to say to yourself, okay, yeah, I can find one minute every hour, um, get up and move around. Take your kids and go outside. It's been so hard on kids. And the, the, the evidence for how potent exercise is for mental health is just uh, astonishing. It's really, really good at helping you cope with anxiety, depression, basic worry. Um, it, it can make a huge difference in whether you can cope with yet another COVID winter or not. Oh, I know. We're hoping that we don't have to deal with it. But it really is interesting that you may have been doing anything before even just walking, and that your head, your muscles remember that. I think that's quite incredible. So It's very encouraging, yes. <laughs> with, without question, it's encouraging. So what else are you hearing about? Are you, are you hearing that more and more people are like, enough already, we've had enough of this? Well, yes, I think that that both anecdotally and when they do surveys, there's no doubt that people are saying enough. And and one of the issues, that, particularly in the, the work that I do, which is looking a lot at, at what we're learning about physical activity, is that there has been a really substantial drop-off. And, and this is globally. This isn't just the U.S. This, around the world, there's been a big drop in how much people move. When they have done surveys, it's like 25% fewer steps per day, and and that's huge, and it's 50% for children. And the issue in that is, for one thing, it makes it harder to cope mentally with the the nonstop bad news, But, but it also does mean that for some people, they may think that they can't, go back to exercising, that they've been, you know, it's been too long. Right. And the, the evidence is really, really strong that that's just not true. Go slow at first, especially if it has been two years or if it's been 20 Almost, years. Yeah, and we're, we're starting, don't forget, we're on year three right now. Yes. Right, year and, three. And it's, it's winter time. It's cold. It's dark. Um, some gyms are closed. Some classes have, have stopped mm-hmm. that people relied on. And there certainly are people for whom exercise was a really important social activity. And that's been hard to replicate. But I will say one thing that has happened as a result of the the pandemic is you can now find classes and groups online that did not exist before. And a lot of the classes are free. Um, you can join and some of them will show pictures of everyone who's in the class. So you can you know, Have retain a, your sense of being part of a right. group. If you like yoga, there's so many yoga classes. There are body weight exercise classes. More of those exist now than before the the pandemic. It's just now that the onus is on you to find them. Um, But I don't personally, I don't think it's that hard. So look around. I mean, a, a, a lot of companies are offering free classes. You can probably find something if you want to be part of a group that does let you keep working out even in your living room for free. Well, you know, and you're, what you're saying makes a lot of sense. And I think a lot of the problem is that because so many of us are home instead of going to a place. I mean, it used to be you'd finish work, and if you didn't have to get home to the kids, you might go to the gym or, you know, you might run around the park or something. But people are home, and it's very easy to say, ah, you know what, I'm not going to bother. I'll do something. I'll watch a movie. Yes, which is we've why, got to again, retrain. 
I, I love that. I personally love the idea of exercise snacks because it does mean you do not have to set aside half an hour. It means you can find mm-hmm. something that you like doing. And if you're in an apartment building, there certainly are stairs nearby you can go up and down. But even if you have children, go outside and, and pretend you're being chased by zombies and run around the, the rock. Right. Um, do that for one to two minutes and you have made a difference in both how you feel mentally and physically. It doesn't have to be a lot. Do you work out every day? Well, I do. And that's in part because it is how I cope with everything that's going on. I also have dogs (laughs) and I Tell people if it's possible to have dogs, um, they're the best coach you will ever have because they have to go out, they have to be walked, and they exhibit so much joy every time you go. It's it's a reminder of I know. how much pleasure you can find in being outside and moving around. It it's it changes the rest of my day to get up and go you for know a walk what? with it's my dog. It's true. If I say to my dog, ball or beach, she goes crazy. Like, how does she know that? But I don't question it. She absolutely does it. And of course, she walks me. I can't walk her. She's big and she pulls like crazy. (laughs) Well, and one of the things that dogs do is something that exercise scientists are finding um, is very beneficial, which is go hard for 30 seconds, stop and sniff something, go hard again (laughs) for 30 seconds. They basically do interval training, which is a wonderful way to to work out in a very short period of time. Exactly. You know, and my dog is not interested in that. I don't feel like doing anything. You know, get (laughs) up and pay attention. So, ay, 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 Gretchen, thank you. I am really excited. Now, I'm eyeing that exercise bike, which has at least three days' worth of tights hanging on the handlebars. Time to come off. (laughs) I hope you will put it to use, and I hope you will enjoy it, because if I had any advice, and this is scientifically based for everyone out there, it's find something you enjoy doing, and that's how you will stick with it and and you will find that it makes the rest of your day so much more enjoyable i know we need you to teach a class (laughs) that would be Uh, so much fun my class would be come along with me with my dogs on the trails (laughs) that sounds good gretchen reynolds the phys ed columnist for the new york times and what she told you today could literally change your life I mean, get up. If I can get up and it's getting harder and harder, you know, don't let opening the refrigerator door be your arm exercise. <laughs> Although it's not bad, you know, it's a or start. sitting with the freezer. <laughs> That's right. One spoon in the freezer with the Briar's half gallon of vanilla. No more. Okay, we're back to the real world. Gretchen Reynolds, I'll talk to you very soon. Thank <laughs> you so care. much for having me. Anytime. I'm Joan Hamburg, and you're listening to WABC. Look, guys, four seconds, a minute, and you're home. Stay tuned. The First Lady of New York Radio. This is Ask Joan. Everyone is getting a little stir crazy. Why not? We're trying to look for activities that are outside that we can literally take the family, have fun. A lot of people are trying to avoid being inside until this virus thing is really under control. So I checked out the Winter Village. It's called Bank of America Winter Village at Bryant Park. It's right behind the public library between 40th and 42nd Street, 5th and 6th Avenue. You cannot believe the activities they have for kids, for adults, ice skating, You know, do you ever do an ice rink bumper car? They have that. They have a cafe with a curling lane. They have private dining igloos and an outdoor dining area that's like a ski lodge. 
and the rink is 17,000 square feet, and it's open from 8 in the morning till 10 at night, free admission ice skating, but the rentals are expensive, and they have skating performances, so you can do it, and you can rent skates and get a time online at wintervillage.org. And the Theater of New York does free performances, so it's fun. Great, great choreography. But here's what you're going to love, and the kids love it. Bumper cars on ice are back, and it's available until February 27th from 2 in the afternoon till 8 at night on weekdays, 11 a.m. to 5 on weekends. Imagine you've got to be at least 7, 42 inches tall, and under 300 pounds. Prices start $20 for weekdays, 25 weekends. Again, go to wintervillage.org. But this is something, too. They have igloos there. It's an intimate setting. They're heated, clear structures, decorated with seasonal decor. Have food, have drinks. You can rent them for 90 minutes. They hold up to eight people. You can get a family or adult package and order whatever, including a la carte food. So just to give you an idea, family packages, one to four guests, $200, five to eight guests, 400 and it includes hot chocolate or salted caramel hot apple cider, chicken fingers, hot dogs, pretzels, french fries. So there are a lot of good things to do. And the curling cafe is an outdoor curling lane equipment next to your own igloo, heated tent, and it includes food and drinks. So you know what? Don't give up on interesting activities. This is all fun. And they have an outdoor lodge space, too, where you can get food and drinks. And that lodge is open from 10 till 10 every single day. So winter outdoor activities, you're going to love this. And I'm going to let you go because we're coming up to 3 o'clock. And don't forget, you can hear the Joan Hamburg Show every Sunday starting at 2. We're here, and you can find us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. We always podcast our show or go to our other podcast. Let me tell you, if I must say so myself, the podcasts are terrific. And I love having you part of the Joan Hamburg Show. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday and enjoy the rest of all the great programming on WABC. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to prioritygold.com.